0: Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. Well, good morning and thank you for your warm welcome. I, I bring you love and greetings from all your friends at The Good Shepherd. And it's a privilege to open your Advent series. So two words for today are hope and wait. Let's pray together. Lord, take my words and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts. And set them ablaze with love for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So some words from scripture. Romans chapter 13, verses 11 to 14. Besides this, you know what time it is. How it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we came, became believers. The night is far gone. The day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. You know what time it is, says Paul, but do we? COVID has played havoc with our sense of time. Don't know about you, but for me, some periods of time have flown by and others have dragged unnaturally slowly, and sometimes I really struggle to place the events of the last two years in their correct chronological sequence. And something like this seems to have happened to Old Testament prophets and early Christians. They had seen God at work in the events of their own day, and they were given insights into how he would act in the near future and at the end of time. But in their visions, time contracts and expands like a concertina or kaleidoscope. And sometimes it's hard for them not to confuse the near and the far future. It was hard for them to wait, to know how long they had to wait, and how they should conduct themselves while they waited. And I think it's the same for us. Peter addressed this dilemma in his letter. And he tells his fellow Christians, Do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. And I'm suggesting that Advent... Is a chance to reorientate ourselves to God's time. God who has acted in the past. God who acted in Jesus. God who acts in our present. And God who will act in the future. Advent, if we use it aright, gives uh, gives us an opportunity to recalibrate to set ourselves by God's time. But we, though we talk a lot about the call to action and service, so often we are called to wait, as waiting is in the Christian's DNA. Let me remind you of some familiar words from Romans 8, where we are told, that the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. And not the creation only, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly, while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Patience like hope, like waiting, is another of this morning's key words. Scripture is full of injunctions to wait. And the Hebrew word translated wait has the sense of look eagerly for, lie in wait for. It's alert, attentive watching. The word comes 177 times in Scripture, Especially in Isaiah and Psalms. And here are a few of my favorite quotations to give you the flavor. Isaiah 25: "It will be said on that day, i.e. the day when God acts: "Lo, this is our God. We have waited for Him, so that He might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited." Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. From Isaiah 30. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. Do you see what's happening here? We are waiting. But as we are waiting for God, God is waiting with patience for us. Isaiah 40. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Another promise, Isaiah 49 this time. God says, Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who wait for me shall not be put to shame. And finally, one of many quotations from the the Psalms Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. But it is for you, O Lord, that I wait. It is you, O Lord my God, who will answer. If you're looking for an Advent exercise, you might like to spend time with the concordance, exploring this theme of waiting. Because Advent is a waiting time. And so three questions about waiting. Why are we waiting? What or who are we waiting for? And how do we wait? How do we live while we wait? We are waiting for God to act. We are waiting for Christ to return. And we are waiting because we are participating in God's patience. The verse from Peter I quoted earlier continues, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come. Who, what are we waiting for? We are waiting for God to act. We are waiting for the day of the Lord. We are waiting for Christ to return. This may be problematic for us. For contemporary Christians, the theology of the end times is sometimes an elephant in the room. We are aware that Christians in the past and made fools of themselves by obsessing about the date and manner of Christ's return. We wince at examples from Christian history when people were so fixated on the idea that the Lord would return soon, that they abandoned their businesses, gathered on mountaintops, and ignored the call to work for justice and mercy for those around them in the here and now. For myself, I like C.S. Lewis's summary of Jesus' teaching on his return. One, he will certainly return as he promised. Two, we cannot possibly find out when. Three, therefore, we must always be ready for him. There's a challenge here. How do we think about Jesus' return? The end of history and the final reckoning in a way that is true to Scripture and relevant to real life now. That's another sermon. Ask Matt. (laughs) And meanwhile, how do we wait? Well, there's no place for complacency in the Christian life. We're told many times to stay alert, to be ready for the coming of the Lord and not caught out by any trials and tribulations on the way. Remember our reading from Romans. Besides this, you know what time it is. How is now the moment for you to wake from sleep? For salvation is nearer now than when we became believers. The night is far gone. The day is near. And there are sobering warnings. You may remember the parable of the bridesmaids the wise and foolish virgins. Or the words of Jesus in Luke. Be on guard, so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all those things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. It's not easy. There are wrong ways to wait. The Scriptures give us no warrant for frenzied computation. It's not for us to know the times and seasons. And it gives us no warrant for ignoring present duties It's not easy to wait, and there will be many times when we cry out with the psalmist, how long, O Lord, how long? We are called to stay awake and alert, yet trusting. Waiting, patience, expectation, and hope go together. So we wait with hope hope, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. And hope is not fuzzy, wishful thinking. Hope is rooted in the past, rooted in what God has already done. It is about waiting for the future while acknowledging what God has already done. It is about accepting the reality of the current situation, seeing what God is doing about it, and working with him to bring in the kingdom, and we wait. Though it's for us, it's countercultural. In our culture, coffee and credit are both instant, and much else beside. And I've had anecdotes about shops selling mince pies with the November sell-by date. And we have to ask, how can we help each other live in such an instant society? So we wait with patience, even though it's frustrating. The words of James, Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the air. Be impatient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. James were writing today. Perhaps the example would be not the farmer, but the caller who waits on the phone to speak to a human being at the doctor's or the utility company. Waits until she has heard the recorded message many times over and gets to the top of the queue. I don't know whether that's been your experience lately. The Bible talks a lot about the patience of God. God is patient and we are called to be like him. We wait with hope, we wait with patience and waiting is also about lifestyle. I'm reading again. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armour of light. Let us live honourably as in the day, not in revelling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarrelling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So, at the risk of sounding judgmental, I will say that this suggests that drunken Christmas and New Year parties are not appropriate lifestyle for Christians. And for our young people in particular, this may be included in the countercultural imperative. But there's more to it than this. Personally, I'm not, not at my age, but perhaps never, particularly tempted by alcohol and sex field parties. But I am tempted by dispute, and especially by jealousy. The call to wait is a call to cultivate a Christ-like character, and that's a lifelong process. So waiting is a call to countercultural lifestyle and to mutual encouragement. Some words from Hebrews. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. or from the letter to Titus, a verse that brings together past, present, and future. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions, and in the present age to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly, while we wait, while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. We are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this, our waiting is to be active. Henri Nguyen put it like this. Most of us consider waiting as something very passive, a hopeless state determined by events totally out of our hands the bus is late we cannot do anything about it so we have to sit there and just wait it's not difficult to understand the irritation people feel when somebody says just wait words like that push us into passivity but there is none of this passivity in scripture Those who are waiting are waiting very actively. They know that what they are waiting for is growing from the ground on which they are standing. If we wait in the conviction that a seed has been planted and that something has already been begun, it changes the way we wait. Active waiting implies being fully present to the moment with the conviction that something is happening where we are and that we want and that we want to be present to it a waiting person is someone who is present to the moment believing that this moment is the moment the moment in God's timing so as we enter Advent let's pray Lord Help us to know what time it is, to reset our hopes and actions to your timing. Help us to wait in the right way, patient, but alert and active. Help us to wait with hope and expectation, cultivating Christ-like character and encouraging one another to wait. Help us to wait, savour in the future, staying in the present, and finding meaning in the act of waiting. And thank you that you have acted in the past, that you have acted in Christ to redeem and renew us, that you are active in our present, and thank you that you will act in the future to bring in your kingdom of justice and peace. Amen.